This radio program is PG-13. Parents strongly caution some material may be inappropriate for children under the age of 13. Send me Jesus' mission was to comfort those who mourn, bind up the brokenhearted, proclaim liberty to captives, and open prison doors for those who are bound. For those who want more than status quo Christianity has to offer, Blazing Grace Radio begins now. And here is your host, Mike Janung. Hey, Mike Janung here, and welcome back to Blazing Grace Radio. And I am kind of dopey in the head. Uh, I flew in from... Europe two nights ago. It's Thursday as I'm recording this, and we got in Tuesday night late. <clears throat> so I'm still on Europe time, and they're anywhere from eight to ten hours ahead. Depending on what country we visited, we were in the United Kingdom, Austria, and Finland. And so I'm a little, not a little, I'm jet laggy, so three, four in the morning, I'm ready to wake up, and by 2 in the afternoon, I'm ready to go to sleep for the rest of the day. <laughs> so you just never know what I might say, what could come out of my mouth, you know, words like porn or sex addiction or masturbation or adultery, just, just you know, if crazy words come out of my mouth like that, because, you know, we don't hear these words often in church, and or I could say something really nuts like, of Christian men are viewing porn and a third of Christian women are viewing it and sexting is blowing up in youth. I mean, I could say crazy things like that and you you could just write me off as a nut job because, I mean, if the numbers are really that big like all these surveys show, then we would have a moral crisis on our hands and we would be in some serious trouble we would have a lot of men in bondage, a lot of marriages in trouble, a lot of wives hurting. But hey, it's just got to be me. It's got to be me. I'm a, I'm a nut job or, you know, on jet lag or something. This can't be true. And except that with all these surveys that keep coming out, unfortunately, it is true. And the question is, why don't we talk about this openly? <clears throat> In church, when so many people are struggling and it's really heartbreaking. And so today I'm going to be talking about our trip to Europe. When I say our, Rebecca, my 20-year-old daughter, accompanied me to the UK and Europe. And so we've been gone for three weeks. So I've had time to settle into that UK and European time zone. And so we left early October we arrived on a Thursday, and then we, we had a booth scheduled for October 11th through the 13th. That's a Tuesday through a Thursday. And we, we, we got in there the Thursday prior, got into the hotel around 3 in the afternoon, and then the next day I had ordered several hundred books 
that we were going to have at the show, and I checked my email Thursday at 3 in the afternoon, and the book printer is saying, um, sorry, we're running a late. We'll get you your books in a week. And we were leaving in a week, and that would have missed the show. So I, I fired off a quick email. Hey, uh, um, we got a trade show starting, Christian show starting this coming Tuesday. We can't wait a week. And, you know, I, I wasn't, I was polite. I didn't get um, nasty or anything. I just, whatever you can do. And then <clears throat> fired off an email to Sandy back home, and she set out a prayer SOS. And so I'm thinking, oh man, this is bad. And, but, I, you know, all I, all I got at that point is God in prayer. But isn't that enough? So next morning, Friday morning, checked my email, and what had happened was the manager of the printing shop there in England on his own decided to work all through the night. I mean, this was not a small order. It's, I think, 300 books plus, maybe even closer to 400 and for the show. And so he had worked all through the night, and... And so they were going to have it ready for us that day to pick up, which was our, the original schedule. And, oh, man, it just always goes back to prayer, doesn't it? How incredible a gift of prayer is. And God is always big enough to take care take care of us. And, and doesn't it also go to the spiritual battle, too? Because I'm sure the enemy um, would love to have stopped that. Because most of the books that we... Um, have at the show at, at our trade at our booths, we give away. We we maybe sell, I don't know, five to ten percent of them. We're not there to to make money. We're there to plant seeds and to minister to God's people. So we had two booths at the Christian Resources Exhibition in Sandown Park that ran from October 11th through the 13th. And one of them was our Blazing Grace booth. That was a little bit bigger booth. And right there in black and white, I had at the very top, it was just a black and white text backdrop. And it said, 70% of UK Christian men are viewing porn. And then under that, under that, a quote from The Sun, a news magazine there that said, um, British porn use skyrockets. And then another 30% of UK pastors viewing porn and and then under that, 90% of Christians say the church is not helping them with these issues of pornography. So this was, um, by just putting it out there, and we had a, it was a great show. When I mean great, I mean people were coming up to us and sharing their hearts, sharing their stories, and some of them with tears. And but I, what I'll tell you up front is probably 95% of them the very first words that came out of their mouth was, our church does not talk about this issue. Our church does not talk about pornography or sex or masturbation. And a few even said, our church will not, meaning they just out and out refuse to. <clears throat> and isn't that insane? When you've got what the Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians 5 when he confronted the Corinthian church over the sexual sin of just one man. And what do you think Paul would do if he walked into the, a church in the UK or the US or anywhere 
because this is an international problem. And so we're up to three-quarters of the men are viewing pornography. I think you'd have freaked out. So we see the same problem in countries in the U.S. I mean, countries in the U.S. In countries outside of the U.S., as well as what we see here in North America, that churches still dance around this issue. They still avoid it. Why? Because of comfort. We don't want to upset anyone. We just, you know, and that's keeping people in bondage. So we were there to open it up wide, and that's what happened. And woman, one woman walked up to us and told us through tears that she had lost her marriage because of her husband's porn problem. Another woman broke down crying when we were talking to her and offering her a, a workbook. And and I, the, uh, the show management blessed us and they gave us two live seminars. So I was able to speak twice on the first day of the week on Tuesday and the second day on Wednesday. And both were well attended and I shared part of my story. And then also challenge people on how they can make a difference. Because I never just want to say, you know what, porn's a problem, bad, bad, bad. Okay, we're, we're, we're screwed. <laughs> so I was challenging everyone who was listening, who was there to take action. Not just to sit there and listen to me, but to do something about it. That could mean taking one of the books and giving them away because I told them, you know somebody in your church who needs these books. Or I was encouraging them to consider hosting a conference at their church where I would come and speak. And we do an all-day conference that is available to them. And so that went really well. And one elderly lady who meant to attend a different seminar, she stumbled into ours by mistake, but then she told us she stayed because the topic grabbed her. And one thing that was a blessing was that people were hungry and thirsty. They don't just want to, they don't want to be sitting in a church that is avoiding the topics and the hard issues that they're struggling with. They were thirsty for more. I love that. Fertile soil. I was seeing fertile soil a lot. And, and then... Um, there were men, too, who shared their stories with us, with me, and to the point of tears even. And a lot of people have – some people have this idea that, well, geez, the men are – you know, Christian men are just wicked and evil and they want to do this. And they um, – a lot of the men we talk to, they hate it and they want freedom, but they, they're not being given the way out. So one guy was in tears right right there with his wife standing next to him. We got to see the church under the hood, and that, that's what I love about this ministry God has given us. We see the church under the hood, the real, the real story, the people in pain, the people in bondage. You know, if this is just 1% or 2% of Christian men viewing porn, then what am I even doing here? What am I wasting your time for? But when these numbers are so high— we have to open this up and do as we did at that show. And <clears throat> we have people even coming up and saying, can I pray for you? And one woman said, and she nailed it. She said, you must have a lot of spiritual warfare with what you do. And yeah, sure do. And so she she prayed for us. And, and it was really wonderful and beautiful to see how open they were 
to addressing these topics and the being transparent with their struggles. And, and quite a few said, we desperately need what you do in the United Kingdom. We, we need this. And I was hearing, um, we were getting invitations to come back and speak. And I'm going to talk about that a little bit later. But anything from men's groups to churches. But most of the people we were talking to were at the grassroots level. And then they would also share that their challenge now is to go back to church leadership who they were quite concerned more than likely would veto it, which isn't that tragic. It's not that anybody owes me anything. It's not about me going in and speaking. It's about opening this topping up. And then we had a booth on the Rogue Christian. I've written two books in the Rogue Christian series, and that's about helping believers move past status quo Christianity into a vital love relationship with the Lord and a life that is lived in a way that counts for eternity. And, 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 and that we were giving away books there, and that booth right next door got a lot of attention. And, and so that, that was great too. And, and when I say by rogue Christian and status quo – what we've seen here locally all too often is topics like spiritual warfare and sex and porn and and the heart issues that people are struggling with like suicide and youth leaving the church in droves all the all these are avoided not talked about in the pulpit and, and we had a backdrop backdrop of that book booth was asking questions like why <clears throat> Why do we avoid these topics? And and why isn't the church a house of prayer? I mean, that, that one's a big one in my mind. It keeps coming up. Why is it when Jesus, when Jesus affirmed Isaiah 56, where um, the verses 56, 7, I think, where he said, my church shall be a house of prayer for all nations, not a house of teaching, not a house of worship, not even a tr- house of fellowship, but a house of prayer. Why is it we don't pray in our comfortable churches. And if you really believe that prayer is as powerful as God's word says it is, then why aren't we on our knees? And we need to be hitting our knees these days when so many people are in bondage to sin and there's so much tragedy going on that is ignored in churches. And so we have to step up to the plate, and that's what the rogue Christian was about. I did talk to some pastors. I talked to a pastor from South Africa also talked to one from Ukraine, and, and in addition to talking to some pastors from the United Kingdom. So it, it, was, it was a great show, and um, God really worked to open up the doors for us. Both of those seminars were heavily attended um, for the context of what they do there, and the, uh, the the show people really back, backed us up, and because you know I'm going up there talking about uh, doing a live seminar, and I'm talking about these issues in very blunt, straightforward um, terms, just like I do here, and they backed it, which is great. <clears throat> and then I also had other appointments during the week, which I won't can't share be- for confidentially confidentiality issues because I also do counseling and and um, we I did some counseling there and it was great to see God 
really move in that person's life and provide some healing. And and then after that, we for the weekend, we went to Greece just for two days just to rest. And, and then both Becca and I got sick. I got the sinus infection and was just dead tired. And she had some other problems, stomach problems. So basically, we spent a lot of the weekend in the hotel room sleeping. <laughs> I think I took three naps on Saturday and Sunday. And, and that was the weekend in Greece. And then from there, we flew to Austria. <clears throat> Into Vienna, where we met with Safer Surfing, our partner ministry there. And they have published three of my books, books in German. And they distribute them to the German-speaking countries in Austria, Switzerland, Germany, or wherever else they can move them. And, and they have a fantastic ministry there. For a little bit of context, the Christian church in Austria is maybe 1% to 1.5% of the population. So you don't have a big major part of the general population claiming to be in the church. So it's very small in comparison, but They've done a wonderful job. I met with their team one day, and and we talked about doing a conference next year where I would come out and leave one of our Poor Under Grace conferences. And there were other ministry meetings uh, during that those several days, and then and then after that we went to Finland, where we have some ministry partners there. and And the very first day I was to meet with them, I got food poisoning. And had to cut that day short. <laughs> I had plenty of, let's just say, urgent stomach problems come up on me. And so I, I had to cut the day short. And, you know, th- things like this tend to happen in these trips. You just never know what kind of wall the enemy is going to try and throw in front of your face. And so we met again the following day, and I was able to get stable and and so we we also talked about doing a conference next year. So here's the deal. And this show is broadcast in the U.S. It's also broadcast in the United Kingdom. And other people in other countries also listen to this. So it's not just a local show. And, and so if you're in the United Kingdom or if you're in Europe, we are planning to go back in May of next year, May of 2023. And already we're looking at setting dates for conferences in Austria and maybe one in Vienna, possibly one in Salzburg. And then we'll be going to Finland with possibly two conferences there. And we had a number of people, as I mentioned before, in the United Kingdom who invited us to go to speak. So my friends in the UK, let us hear from you if you want me to, want me to come by and speak at your church or your group or, or whatever it is, men's group. I've spoken to wives' groups. And let's, let's make this happen. So God has really blessed us. This is an international ministry with an international problem. So we help people from Asia to North America and South America and Europe. Australia, 
literally all over the globe. We have people who contact us and then participate in our groups by Zoom or by phone call. Usually it's by Zoom these days. So if you're listening and you're outside of the U.S., please feel free to contact us. And um, the United Kingdom, there's there's a lot of fertile soil there, but there's also an intense spiritual battle. And before I go any further, yesterday morning I had a lot of intense warfare, and so I was really wiped out from the three weeks, plus on top of coming home and you know not being used to the time difference. So that's when the enemy likes to attack. He hits us when we're weak. He doesn't. He's smart enough to wait. He's very patient. And so yesterday morning, I whatever three or four in the morning when I wasn't really sleeping, I was getting assaulted with all sorts of crazy thoughts, and I mean everything across the board: lust thoughts and just other crazy thoughts. And so a lot of time praying and taking up my authority in Christ and praying through scripture. So there's an, my my friends, there is an intense spiritual battle for a reason here. The enemy, Satan wants to keep these issues that I bring up in these shows silent. The last thing they want is a bunch of churches catching fire and equipping people in these battles with all the the sexual issues they're in bondage to or equipping them with spiritual warfare. He wants to keep everything nice. And comfortable and easy and non-threatening. And I've been reading through the New Testament this week, this week, New Testament, and several books. And I keep coming across where Paul warns people. There's, he, he warns people all the way through the New Testament in the letters he wrote about you can't play games with sin. And and then there's 1 Corinthians 5, like I mentioned, and Jesus confronts two of the seven churches and Revelation for not dealing with sexual sin among the other issues he hit the others with, including um, the one church, I forget which one, which had done a lot of great works, but they were dead. And when all you do is you focus on keeping people comfortable, I don't care how big your building is or how loud your worship band is, we're not equipping people. And so there, there needs to be a sense of urgency here which is I want to keep coming back to. And so I'd like to ask you to consider praying for us, putting us on your prayer list, because there is an intense spiritual battle. And, and, there, and Satan does have a stronghold at the very top of church leadership. You've heard me, if you've listened to this show and you've heard the broadcast, you know that from time to time, I read news articles, and every single day in America, somebody in a church, in a leadership position, pastor, worship leader, Sunday school teacher is being arrested for child porn or exposed. So the spiritual battle is very real and very intense here. And So first I want to ask you to pray for us and pray for open doors and pray for what we're already beginning to plan for next year. And hey... If you're in Arizona, if you're in the U.S. and you want to set up a, a conference from Porn to Grace, then contact us. Don't just sit there and listen. Let's take some action. We need to take action. We can't just sit. That's part of our problem is we sit in our butt and we do nothing. So we need to take action. We need to do something. And the conference is a great way to do it. 
And I'd also like you to consider supporting us financially. I don't like asking that one. I ne- this is the first time I've even mentioned it on the air. But the demand and the people, the needs of people coming to us for help, like I said, from all over, plus the trips we're going to be taking that are, we have planned now, that, that all costs money. So if you would think about us when you start making your year-end planning, I would appreciate that too. And Blazing Grace is a 501c nonprofit ministry, so your contributions and your donations are tax-deductible. So my friends, we are a church at war. This is not about playing church or being a really nice guy. We are a church at war, and we have to, to confront these issues so that we can be a part of God's work to set captives free. Thank you for joining me, and we'll see you next time. Do you want to be free? Blazing Grace is a nonprofit international ministry for the sexually broken and the spouse. Please visit us at blazinggrace.org for information on Mike Janung's books, groups, counseling, or to have Mike speak at your organization. You can email us at email at blazinggrace.org or call our office in Chandler, Arizona at 719-888-5144. Again, visit us at blazinggrace.org. Email us at email at blazinggrace.org or call the office at 719-888-5144.